a podcast to gear up your professionalism. Welcome, listeners, to this episode of the Career Gear Podcast. With us for this episode is a very special guest, my friend Clayton. And today we are going to talk about a wide array of topics that deal with searching for job or internship opportunities for those of you who identify with the LGBTQ plus community. And I know this is a popular podcast topic, so I am very excited that we're able to cover it today. Clayton, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, yes, thank you, Erin. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me today. My name is Clayton Ledbetter. I grew up in Clarion County there in Western Pennsylvania myself, and I'm also a graduate of Clarion University, so I feel a special connection with your students that we're speaking to today. Since I graduated from Clarion, I moved to New Jersey, and I've lived out here for 20 years, and I live in northern New Jersey, which is basically like a suburb of New York City in many respects. I've worked for a number of businesses, both in Manhattan and in New Jersey, but I've been a college instructor or at least worked in a university setting for the past 12 years. So that's kind of my, my niche at the moment. Um, I do have experience both in the field of English and in the field of plant science, which I know sounds like a strange combination, but hey, we're each unique, right? One of the things I wanted to kind of start off saying to your listeners today is, is that one of the things I love about living in this area out in New Jersey is that there's so much diversity and a real feeling of inclusion that's sort of all too often lacking in small town life. And when you're from a rural area like Clarion, there are always allies, of course, around to be found. But during your job search, one thing I want to sort of tell students that are looking for careers that you should consider that sometimes more metropolitan areas tend to have not only more broad job opportunities in general, but also tend to be more progressive areas. And so just always keep in mind that it's not only looking for a job at a business that you feel comfortable at, but also about living in an area where you feel comfortable. And that's not only true about the LGBTQ plus community, it can also apply even to um, different races and different religions. You know, if you're, if you're black or Muslim or gay, all of these different things can affect how you feel about where you live and where you work. So just keep that in mind when you're when you're doing your job search that you want to not only find a, a good business fit, but also a good area to live in. I really appreciate that statement, Clayton, because I do think that's incredibly important. Not everybody's cut out to live in a booming metropolitan area and that that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to move to some very large city there's a lot of really progressive places in in the world that might be a really good fit for you and and do some research and figure out what that means for you how far you're willing to go and uh what exactly entails with with that process so i really appreciate that one of the things that we were talking about the other day when we were preparing for the podcast is how students should prepare for the job or internship search process. And, you know, we said this applies to everybody, not just individuals who identify with the LGBTQ plus community, but we talked a little bit about being reflective and, and prepared. Can you elaborate on what that means exactly? Absolutely. To begin with, 
everyone is nervous about a job interview. Even if you've been in the in the career field for, for 30 years, if you're applying for a job, you're nervous because you don't always know what to expect. Um, and to sort of add another level to that nervousness of interviewing for a new job, you also sometimes can be uncomfortable talking to people. And I know that this is specifically a problem even more so now than it may have been 10, 20 years ago, because we're so technologically centered right now that we do so much communication by email and text message and, and phone and, and you know electronically that we don't have a lot of face-to-face -face person uh, interaction and we don't even have a lot of sometimes telephone conversations with people live so being suddenly in front of someone that you're interviewing for a position with can be daunting for that reason as well so it's always good to be prepared um, there are a lot of resources out there that give you practice questions that you might expect at a job interview, but also just doing mock interviews, going out and talking to people, making a conscious effort to sort of get yourself into a place where you feel more comfortable and better prepared for that, for that job application. Now, part of that also includes having all of your resume and paperwork and everything in, in good order so that you're not mixing through things and getting confused about talking about your qualifications and your education and things like that at your job interview. Also, just to be prepared in terms of what kind of questions that you might not want to be asked, but that could rear their head. So when you're already nervous about this job application process and you're already uncomfortable sitting with this person in front of you, if they start asking you a question that isn't quite a question that you feel like they should be asking, you're going to be even less well prepared to respond to that if you're not more comfortable with the setting. So those are, those are some of the things that I would recommend, you know, making sure that you are as prepared as you can be for what's to come at that job interview. And I'm just going to put a shameless plug for career centers all over the United States. Most career centers do offer practice interview sessions and resume review resources. I will also say that you know, I know in our office, in our career center, most of us, I think all of us have had safe zone training and we are very strong allies of, of members of the LGBTQ plus community. And if you come to me and say, I'm really concerned about how this might come up or how this might present itself, we'll talk through those and, and how to handle those very specific questions. I, I know I have done that with students in the past and my colleagues have as well. So I, I think you're so on point there. If we don't take the time to prepare for the resume and the interview, when something comes up, it, it might hit us blind and we're like, oh no, how do we handle this? But the other thing we kind of talked about too is, are these always intentional? I know that I shared with you when I've gone on interviews before, people have said, well, tell me about your husband or tell me about your kids or are you married? I'm like, none of this has anything to do with how well I can do this job. And I, I never felt that they were meaning ill will towards me, but those are really not appropriate things to be talking about in an interview. So how the heck do you handle that if that does come up, if you find yourself in this situation? Well, that's absolutely something that can happen. And as you said, it's not even necessarily uh, malicious or, or even intentional. But one thing we should keep in mind, especially when we're talking about an area like Clarion County, is that when you're dealing with these sort of small mom and pop shops, 
um, you know, like a local bakery or an auto mechanic or, or something like that, that these type of businesses are not necessarily required to take any kind of sort of types of, of training that we would have to take at a, at a larger institution or corporation. Go into these trying not to be defensive. Don't put yourself on a defensive mindset. I think that's a really key point. Inappropriate interview questions about relationship status, age, gender identity, sexual orientation certainly could be asked or or hinted at. It might be being done in ignorance or just out of nervousness of the person who's doing the interview. You know, after all, we are all people and we're all sort of sometimes just looking to to talk to someone about something that's familiar with us. Sometimes that might be kids or family, for example. And so don't always assume that if you get a question like that, that it's specifically looking to target you. But it's definitely good to go in there having a sort of a few phrases ready to kind of turn the interview back towards key points that you want to focus on, which really namely is your skills and education and qualifications. So I think that one of the way you can do that is to simply redirect the conversation. If you find it flowing in a direction that you don't want to go in, you can just simply say to the interviewer, so can you tell me a little bit more about blank? And it could be something that's to tell me more about this particular job. Tell me more about your company. So that's one way to kind of redirect a floundering sort of questioning situation back towards a relevant point. Also take the opportunity and when you're redirecting could be a good time to do this, to ask about things that you're interested about that business where you're applying, such as diversity in the workplace, or if the business has any kind of established diversity values in place. Now, that doesn't mean that that it's going to be always easy to get a person back on track. And if they really do have sort of I don't necessarily want to say malicious, but but less than good-natured intentions with asking pointed questions. Sometimes it really might even just be fair to say, listen, I'm sorry, I'm really not comfortable talking about my personal life, then kind of redirect from there just to really give that person a cue that they're kind of going down a path that they shouldn't really be going down. And I think that all ties back into that preparation if you really take the time to prepare in advance and and think about these things and honestly any job searcher should really be thinking about what do i do if they ask me about you know my my marital status or my age or my religion sometimes it could just be they are trying to learn more about you and don't really realize what they're asking is inappropriate for an interview setting but how do you respond to that? And I think the advice that you gave our listeners is really spot on. Try to redirect it back to your professional qualifications. So we've talked about maybe moving to a different location that's more diverse or has more opportunity or perhaps more progressive. We talked about preparing your job search documents and your interview skills. How in the world do we actually go about finding organizations that might be a good fit for us? Well, there are a number of ways to do that, Aaron. One of the ways is definitely, definitely, assuming they have a website, check out the company's website. Look in general at their online persona that they're presenting to the world. If you go to a company's website, read the about us section. There will usually be an about us, oftentimes a mission statement, things like community, you'll find different 
tabs, different pages on their websites usually that will tell you a lot of information about those companies. Look for community involvement. Check for events that they host or sponsor. And social media is a good place to find things like that. A lot of times on Facebook, you'll find different links for events that either they're hosting or sponsoring or even just posts of things that they're advertising or that they support. If you find that they support LGBTQ plus efforts like the Human Rights Campaign or the Trevor Project, things like that, those are really clear indications that you're looking at a company that really supports the LGBTQ plus community. But even involvement in things like Black Lives Matter or gender rights or even other social causes can still indicate a more progressive mindset. While it doesn't necessarily mean anything, stressing religious and moral convictions on, an, on a mission statement or an About Us page or using the term traditional family values repeatedly can sometimes indicate more conservative thinking. So while you shouldn't immediately discount them for that reason, it's also just kind of a, a flag to keep in your mind that this could be indicating that they're going to be a less uh, diverse or less inclusive type of company. Right. I think if you're seeing language like that in a mission statement or values or just in general on a web page with an organization, it's, it's cause for pause to say, I might need to do a little bit more digging in Glassdoor or on their social media, looking maybe for news articles, following them on LinkedIn, just just to look a little bit more closely of what am I getting myself into? And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not inclusive or that they don't embrace diversity, but it's just an opportunity for you to really experiment and explore perhaps more deeply than if you see that they're supporting like the Trevor Project or something like that, like you had mentioned. Definitely. And, and also, I mean, it's certainly worth mentioning because I feel like sometimes there are, there are negative associations made between religious organizations and things like LGBTQ+. That's not necessarily the case. There are lots of, there are lots of um, you know, churches and religions and religious groups and affiliates that are completely supportive of LGBTQ+. So if you see something on a website that is stressing religious values, if it's a religious organization, that very well may not mean that they're exclusive of those groups. But again, like you said, just dig a little deeper, do some, do some background searching. So you have definitely given our listeners a really good place to start with how to approach this, especially for those individuals who are perhaps ready to start applying for full-time jobs within the next few months. If you were to give our listeners just one really good tip, what might that be? Well, one tip that I can give is that associations and involvements are really, really critical and important when it comes to job search processes. So this means applying for internships, even if they're, even if it's a two week kind of internship, an unpaid internship, if it's something in your field, then absolutely Take an opportunity if it's presented because that's something that's going to build your qualifications. And in addition to things like internships, having professional associations with organizations and groups that are in your field also are really good credentials and really good things to have on your resume. Now, there are lots and lots and lots of professional affiliations 
in every subject area that you can possibly think of. For me, for example, because I'm a plant scientist, you know, I'm a member, for example, of the American Society for Horticultural Science, and that's something that is relevant to me. There's a National Educators Association. But in addition to there being these associations that are affiliated specifically with a field, there are also LGBTQ plus professional association groups that are equally valuable and kind of add that that twist and maybe give you even more connections than a regular professional affiliated organization would. So for example, there are groups like National Lesbian and Gay Law Association, a gay, lesbian, and straight educators network. There's a gay and lesbian medical association. There's a national organization of gay and lesbian scientists and technical professionals. And there's the association of LGBTQ journalists. Those are just a few examples of groups that you can belong to, not only for for their professional, the way that their professional affiliation will look as a credential on your resume, but also for the connections that you can make through that group and the support that you can get from the other people and professionals that you might encounter there. That's so important and, and a, sort of a constant theme that comes back to every single podcast episode is connecting with others in your field, whether they are somebody who has been working in the field for 30, 40 years or for five minutes, connecting with these other people provide you with this sense of camaraderie, this sense of learning about opportunities, but it's an opportunity to also talk with them about their own experiences. If they're a member of this subgroup, chances are they've already done some of the work that you're about to embark on regarding a job or internship search or searching for you know graduate type opportunities. And finding out for them, what worked, what didn't work, where did you look, what was helpful, uh, how did you handle these situations? People who are in these situations as, as professionals are almost always willing to share their knowledge and expertise with um, current students or soon-to-be graduates or even recent graduates. Wouldn't you agree, Clayton? Absolutely. I mean, I can personally speak firsthand from my own experience as well, that as an educator and as a professional, you're always looking to to help people that are interested in that field or that that want to learn from you. And I, and I feel that you'll find very few people who are not receptive to wanting to sort of take you under their wing and really share what they know with you because they want you to succeed in the the field that they're interested in that they've succeeded in as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, this has been just so much information. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, I know what it's like to work in higher education and getting ready for classes and keeping on top of student work. So I really appreciate that. Clayton, if our listeners would like to connect with you, how is the best way for them to go about doing that? Absolutely. Uh, Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to talk to anyone that has questions or that I can possibly be of help to. So feel free to look me up and connect that way. I will also put your LinkedIn contact information in the show notes. So listeners, make sure you check there if you'd like to connect with Clayton. And as always, when you're reaching out to a podcast guest, please let them know that you've listened to the career gear episode and you've you've connected with them that way. That way it is a little clearer where they're coming, where you're coming in from. So thank you so much for listening today, Clayton. Again, thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful afternoon.